Welcome to the only British, fully British, anti-Semitic, anti-Kiwi, anti-woke, anti-racist and pro-plastic straw podcast. So if that's what you're looking for, we're getting a very niche market. I think the, the more the, the more niche or niche the better, right? We can find, there's got to be an audience for just that and we'll corner yeah. that audience exclusively. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. This is not a water bottle. Did you watch the football of the weekend? I did actually. Um, I don't usually watch it. Watch things. You don't usually watch things. What do you... <laughs> I don't usually watch things. I'm too uh, too much living in the moment. You know, I don't ha- hang around on screens. I'm just uh, out in the fields plowing a plowing a plenty. It sounds like a euphemism. Living, living an authentic life away. Yeah. From okay. The... So there was the women's football, and that was very sad. But the big news was, the big news was that Newcastle knocked off the top. Oh yeah, Newcastle no longer top of the league, and that I think is really the main issue. I thought we were going to win the league. Now I'm not so sure. Mm. Do you know who's a big fan of football? Keir Starmer. Yes, Keir Starmer. Exactly, that's right. Keir Starmer's a big fan of football. He's so much of a fan. Did you know that he accepted free football tickets from a cladding company, which was uh, which was forced to make massive payouts. For defective Grenfell style, uh, Grenfell style oh, cladding. Oh God, no! I didn't know that. What but that shows PR that he's disaster. a really big fan of football, right? He'll even <laughs> accept money from really awful companies like that. Yeah, that sounds like a political error. Don't worry, Kia. We're still behind you. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been seeing all of the uh, Stop Starmer campaigns? Have you been following any of that? No. You tell me about them. This is the reason I come on this show to find out. About the intricate workings of the <laughs> fucking Labour Party. Well, this is all outside the Labour Party, obviously, but yes, it's it's very deep level uh, Labour nonsense that nobody cares about except me and and you. I mean, you don't care about it enough to actually go and find out about it. But <laughs> if someone tells you in passing, you will have some interest in the. Co- oh, that's your level, interested. which I think is most people's. Or there's a broader there's a broader level of people that will. I'm if someone tells me about it, oh, that's interesting. And then that's the end of it. So there's the so, Stop the Starmer yeah. campaign, which I don't even know what. It's just basically put out things on the internet that are negative about Starmer. But there's a more uh, concrete campaign, which is um, OSICA. Which is concrete Organ- Starmer. <laughs> <laughs> organize uh, society, organize socialism, organize something. Organize Starmer. It's organize something if Corbyn like I don't know what it is, but it's it's a campaign. It's a campaign. Oh, oh, with I, a very oh I don't like Starmer. <laughs> oh, I don't like Keir Starmer. <laughs> oh, I don't like Starmer. Yeah, but it, it, and they want what they want to do is put a candidate up against Starmer, high profile left wing candidate, independent cabinet candidate up against Starmer in Holborn and St Pancras for the election. Oh, put up Jeremy there. Yeah, well, that would be the obvious choice. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. Either, Can they do that? Could Corbyn run in Holborn and Spagrus? Yeah, he could. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they <gasps> could all that run. Would make the. You could have. Really uh, I think everyone should run in one constituency. So you have mm. Keir Starmer, Jeremy Corbyn, Diane Abbott, Nigel Farage, Piers Corbyn, <laughs> RFK Junior. <laughs> <laughs> they all run for, and then whoever wins that is the king of the world. 
and, we'll, and then, then nobody else's vote counts and we all just go and campaign locally in that constituency yeah okay so like what have you been up to have fine. you been writing any jacob Rees-Mogg, michael portillo fan fiction is that a callback uh, what, to you, that you can't remember the- the pornographic um, stories we were discussing a couple of weeks well, ago didn't have to be pornographic, but you went there pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, they were they were too exciting, so I uh, <laughs> decided to. You were, too, to not, you were writing it, and then you head. got too excited to continue. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I've been doing all sorts of different things. I've been I've been going to the cinema a lot. I've been following. Um, what else have I been doing? I'm trying to look at my notes here. Uh, I looked up Rupert Murdoch the other day because he started dating again and I noticed that he didn't have anything on his talk page on Wikipedia, which is quite interesting. Must Who's surely... he dating? Um, can't remember now, but he broke up with Jerry Hall, didn't he, uh, about four months ago? Yeah. Off the engagement. It was really sad to hear about that. Uh, yeah. Well, he didn't seem to give a shit. He was just off, didn't he? <laughs> well, that's the um, best attitude to have in those situations. Yeah, I watched. Um, I've watched a lot of things this uh, this last week or so. Um, did you see Greg Wallace's British Miracle Me? British Miracle Me. Sorry, Greg Wallace's British Miracle Meat on Channel Four. No. Done a few weeks ago, it was good. It was a um, it was a documentary in which they've harvested human meat um, and then they're growing the meat to feed to um, to poor people and also to pay money to the donors for for the um uh for donating it um and uh and it's just done very very subtly um and well, then it they, gets they more subtly cut the meat off people when they're not looking i it's a it's a mockumentary it didn't really yeah. happen it's just a, a it's just greg wallace like but being it's greg, in greg wallace doesn't strike me as a sort of person that would do that kind of no, you wouldn't have thought that Greg Wallace would be the world's greatest satirist, but he is. <laughs> it turns out. Um, so that um, so the whole thing is about like, um, and he only starts to lose his enormous enthusiasm for this new form of, of cookery uh, of um, uh, when he uh, when he starts to realise that they're using toddlers as the best source of meat, and then he starts yeah. to just slightly panic. It's a brilliantly done um, documentary on um, uh, oh, right. on I'll, channel. I'll check it on out on Channel Four. You would use toddlers, though. I think would be the best. I guess so. And then I've been to um, <laughs> well, no, because it's to... like. It's like lamb, right? Y- young mm. young animals are more like the, the delicacies, right? The, uh, the... I've just bought some lamb. Now you're making me feel gross. Um, and you're eating, I've been to eating the... toddlers again. Uh, and I and I've been to the cinema a lot. I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem a couple of days ago. Oh yeah, which has got ninety seven percent. I was going to ask you about that. Well, not that. Spe- I wasn't going to ask you that that specifically. But the writer strike is on, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And then and Hollywood are so there's a they're not allowed to use AI at the moment. Right. Which is a shame because if anywhere if there's any industry in the world which is basically totally based its the way that it makes its art around a kind of algorithm where you just churn mm. out the same crap. Is this because of the unions not allowing them to use AI? Yeah. But AI is what they need, for sure. AI, I mean, it's the one industry where it would absolutely work. Because, yeah, you just make another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film based on the other ones that have already existed. <clears throat> but anyway, 
they can't use the writers, they can't use AI, so they're looking to outsource to poorer nations, like third world nations like the UK, I was thinking. And we mm. speak the language. So I was thinking maybe you and I should try and write some Hollywood films. Oh, see if we using, could get, using chat get GPT. No, well, I, that's an interesting, if you, if, you, if you hand it out to a third party, it's a bit like Nike, when they make t-shirts, they're like, well, we don't use sweatshops, but we outsource to a third party. And then sometimes they use sweatshops uh, and we go, yeah. oh, why did you use sweatshops? Oh, yeah. I can't believe you did that. If Hollywood outsourced to us and we can say, mm. we definitely won't use AI. AI, yeah. But then maybe we'll outsource it. Well, well I'll, I'll we say I definitely won't use AI, but then I'll but outsource I it to you. Yeah, yeah. then I do. And yeah. then you use it and I go, oh, I, I got this guy. I'm sorry, guys. But mm. anyway, we've made 20 new turtle films. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's so, I was saying it's so easy. I've got some really good ideas, actually, for some Hollywood films. So um, I was thinking, what about, how about this, a new Spider-Man origin film? Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, that, or, that like that, how about a new Batman origin film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Stop, you're thinking like the algorithm. I've, I've got an idea. Three new Star Wars films, a trilogy. A trilogy of Star Wars films. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, sort of Star Wars spin-off, this? you say. This is incredible. How about... Well, I was thinking it could be a prequel. Oh, yeah, or, that's a good idea. Yeah. A Bond a prequel film? To the pre- a prequel to the prequels. Yeah, a prequel Bond film. Prequels. Yeah. Uh, or, or in between the prequels and something else. How about mm. a new Bond film? Okay, but here's the twist. Guess who plays Bond? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. No, no, no. You, uh, Sean out, Connery. You're way out Sean there. Connery. No, 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 you're way off. Way off. Oh, uh, don't know then. Daniel Craig. <laughs> you get Daniel Craig to play Bond. <laughs> That's, that is a real twist. Genius, right? You get Daniel Craig back. We're using AI. Yeah. Well, AI writes the script. Yeah. Die so, the... Die so another if, death of golden, golden death of dyingness of tomorrow. Tomorrow's death of the yesterday's dying goldenness. <laughs> so it's just that they can't use AI to write scripts. That's ridiculous. They already use all sorts of yeah, computer well, like, programs you know, a lot to. Of the first draft of stuff is is just sort of blueprinting, right? Yeah. So and then you fill they're in... using. That. I wonder what the details is, are, are on that. If they're not allowed to use AI, in what way? They've always used computer programs. For decades. Well, that's right, exactly. I mean, in a sense, any any script writing software is a sort of AI. Mm. Yeah. So I wonder what the, I wonder how they draw the line on that. Anyway. Um, arbitrarily, I imagine. Mm. Uh, so have you, did you watch the news last night in Russia? Well, I went to the open mic last night, but um, I did catch the news just before I left. Yeah, about Prigozhin, uh, his plane blowing up. And killing yeah. him. I think um, this guy Putin and several other members tr- of the Wagner group as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. This guy Putin could be trouble. I feel. I feel like. Mm, he's, yeah. He's he's a he's a nasty character. Something has mm. to be done. Yeah. How about? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be bothered. What? Yeah. What? What do you? What do you think about it? Well, all? I, I don't know. If, Putin, though, right? So now he's killed this guy, and now you've got like one of the world's biggest mercenary armies, leaderless and furious about what's happened. Mm. Um, Is that what, so? What, what have the Wagner Group said then? What are they going to do? Are they just going to 
be integrated into the Russian army, or are they going to have some new leader? I, and... I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if there's a, no one knows because they don't have a s- spokesperson anymore. But there was no. there was some pictures of some of them upset. Hmm. Do you know what I'd find really interesting is uh, I wonder if it would be. Um... Be funny if it just was a plane crash, wouldn't it? It's like I don't know, someone forgot to put the fuel in. Or, yeah, Putin's like they, oh, they didn't know how to sake. turn on the handbrake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but assuming that it is a political murder, what I'd be interested in is how well they cover up that political murder because that would be interesting. Because we assume that it probably is a political murder, but how effective will they be at covering that up? Yeah, but do Russia do Russia cover up? their stuff i mean maybe they might, don't need to maybe putin will just come out and say i mean you they were investigating it now and they haven't said that it's not some external i can't have you phrase it, like external issue or something i.e mm. something mm. hit the plane a missile or something like that well i mean i get i haven't looked at the speculation or any or the details of anything but is it would it definitely be uh uh, Moscow that would order it. Is there any argument that uh, I don't know the Ukrainians or the Belarusians or whatever might be involved in that? I guess it's well. That's uh, the thing. What benefit is it to to Putin for this person to be killed, and for mm. it, particularly if it does turn the the Wagner Group against him? Well, I th- I think it, I mean just as a quick reading on this. Bearing in mind it's only just happened and I haven't had time to look at the press, but there's no information to look at. I think it's very, very likely to be very different to the Nord Stream pipeline bombings and the um, the destruction of the dams and things like that, which, you know, there's a, quite a lot of circumstantial evidence pointing to Ukraine having done that. I mean, you'd have thought that the most obvious um, culprit in, um, in killing Prigozhin would be Putin. And I do think there's a, um, a rational reason for it. I think he does benefit. I think it's about securing rule, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, like, no, I it's agree. Like, it's like that old... Um, uh, the famous quote from Putin about um, the the one thing he won't tolerate is um, tolerance. To- <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, betrayal. One uh, he's been he's on he's on the record as saying that the only thing he uh, he will not tolerate tolerate. Well, he doesn't tolerate a lot betrayal. of other things. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of things he doesn't tolerate. <laughs> yeah, well. it's not like some sort of Dionysian like orgy over there in russia except there's no betrayal <laughs> yes yeah, don't uh, forget don't forget mr putin you uh, you also <laughs> you also don't tolerate failure either do you all right but apart from betrayal and apart from failure i tolerate everything what about the <laughs> yeah what, what about uh, what about what about NATO enclose, uh, yeah. encroaching on russian territory do you tolerate that yeah, all right, all right. I suppose Apart that was a betrayal. Encroaching that on was territory. A betrayal. He'd argue Apart that was betrayal. a betrayal. It all comes under betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, but so he... Uh, yeah, because some of the uh, Russian soldiers were killed in the... Uh, whatever it was, botched coup. Mm. Half, half-assed coup. <laughs> the half-assed attempt at a coup of Russia. Um, yeah, they killed Russian soldiers. And then I think a lot of the top... Russian brass, like military brass, were a bit miffed when he didn't even get a slap on the wrist. In fact, it was uh, like like it was actually sort of benefited from it. Weirdly enough, yeah, which well, I mean, does it... sound very unPutinesque. I, you know, if I was Pogosian, I would be like, "This doesn't smell right to me." Yeah, <laughs> I wonder let what me, Pro... let me fly over to Sibirburg in my private jet and <laughs> I, I wonder what and Pogosian... have to think about what's going on here. 
I wonder what he thought in terms, like how his last couple of months on this planet were. I wonder if he was worried or wonder if he was complacent about it. It's hard to know, isn't it? Well, there's, you know, private jets, it's another reason why you shouldn't fly private. There's a lot of stuff about uh, Sunak flying private jet and uh, some prominent American politicians. It's very easy to shoot down. It's not so much, you know, um, what's the word, external casualties? Collateral damage. Collateral damage Mm -hmm. um, if you fly private jet. So you know, fly commercial for 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 the environment, but also yeah. So if you want to, and if you all want to avoid assassination, yeah, <laughs> fly commercial. That would be a great advert for BA or. Um, <laughs> I mean, it might become one avo- if, if this if this sort of stuff continues. Yeah, there was that advert, wasn't there? For, with start up uh, for BA, I think it was. Was it BA? It was starring uh, Henry Kissinger years ago, where he's flying around and they're sort of basically making the point, you know. However, sort of internationally travelled you are, you. Uh, even Henry Kissinger flies on our airlines, I think. So it's heavily implied that he's scared for his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. Didn't really think of it like that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that would be the advert for, uh, for your airline. Would be, <laughs> like, if, you want to, if you're trying to avoid assassination by some nefarious government body, whether in the East or the West, fly commercial. Fly with Virgin Airlines. Well, fly you want to fly with Atlantic. the airline. You want to fly with the airline of the people that who whose country you're against. So, like George Bush, for example, should probably always fly like Iraqi Air, because then he'll <laughs> be surrounded by Iraqis coming or going home, and and oh uh, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll keep him safe. You know, uh, and so yes, I think it'd probably I get was... quite a lot of abuse on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that he'd get hit by several shoes. <laughs> Well, he sits in the window seat and then he's cushioned by Henry Kissinger in the yeah. middle. He has to take all the all the flack. Yeah, yeah but if, if I was, uh, what's his face, from Ukraine, I would always fly Russian. And Putin should always fly Ukraine if Ukraine even has mm. an airline, which I doubt because they're not even a real country. No, I'm joking. No, it's <laughs> really fucking shit what's going on in Ukraine. And cause I, I feel like with, with our channel, stuff like this, it comes across like we're just really heartless. Because lots of people have gone over there to fight as well, as well as people in Ukraine fighting and who genuinely believe in the cause and what they're doing. Mm. And who doesn't believe in the cause of like anybody in any sort of situation having um, autonomy, having power over where they live and who their leaders are? Self-determination. Self-determination. Apart from Scotland, they could fucking, they are part of the UK <laughs> and Northern Ireland for that matter. <laughs> That's the thing, like all these like pro-Ukrainian, like, oh, well, we'll never give Northern Ireland back though. Fuck them. No, that's ours for sure. <laughs> mm. No, I think probably people uh, who uh, support arming Ukraine uh, would probably also agree with the, uh, uh, with Ireland uh, becoming Ireland. Because we're going back to the old uh, what's woke and what's anti-woke, Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, tell- right. I'm telling you that woke is uh, uh, United Ireland and woke is arm- continuing to arm Ukraine. That's true. That's very true. But I still don't know if I'm right about that. We're still waiting for the great Moses from wait, on no, high wait, to so come woke down. Is... We're, waiting for, we're waiting for Jordan Peterson to go up the Mount of Sinai and <laughs> come back down with his tablets. I thought it was Piers Corbin. Oh, Piers Corbyn, that was it. Jordan Pearson now. <laughs> no, I think Piers Corbyn's a better bet. Uh, it's so yeah. disappointing when you're waiting for Piers Corbyn to come down and Jordan Pearson. Are, 
Hi guys, I know you were waiting for Piers Corbin. Piers Corbin Piers Corbin he's currently running against Keir Starmer in the Corbin and some Piers Corbin would pay for the tablets of uh, the with the Ten Commandments on it. Um, he'd pay in cash. in cash and then walk off very loudly, declaring that he's paid for the the Ten Commandments. And then he'd come back down and tell us this is what is woke and this is what is anti woke. It's Israel woke. woke. Israel is woke. I'm lost now. Well, this is just my guesses. I'm 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 interpreting the. Um, I'm just. Oh no! I think you. Yeah, Israel's a difficult one. I don't really know. I'm, I'm, we haven't had the we haven't had the, the guy come down. Oh, we stop, Piers stop come down. You've got you've you you know what it is. We don't have to wait okay. for it. You've got. Don't have to wait. I leaks. think that we've got Israel. We've got is... Matt. We've got Matt Alford on the scene. He's at the bottom of the mountain. They haven't released documents yet, but he, there's a lot of buzz around. He's got some words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm getting word. The spokesperson um, told that, him. Yeah, uh, we're, we're we're hearing chatter. Uh, we're hearing chatter that Israel is anti woke. Uh, Palestine is woke. Well, I, well no, I, I'm confused now because wait, so and so woke is anti woke is Ukraine arming Ukraine is anti woke. Is that right? No, arm no arming. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! No, <laughs> you're really right. bad at this. I know. I'm really I thought bad. I was the dyspraxic one. Yeah, well, arming no, Ukraine is woke. Really, I think Matt, you just don't realise how difficult it is, and you're a bit of a genius <laughs> of this. It's just, it's just obvious. <laughs> Arming so, Ukraine is woke. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, because you got people on Twitter with the cr- Ukrainian flags. If you've got people on mm-hmm. Twitter with like little flags and stuff, you know it's woke. So mm-hmm. Israel is a bit more of a difficult one, but I think that um, right, yeah, that's why we need the clarity from Piers Corbyn. <laughs> Piers Corbyn. Well, I'm Piers sure Norman. the thing about that would be that it would be anti-Semitic. Yeah, like, I, he'd bring he'd bring it down, and he'd say whatever it was. It was either woke or woke, woke or anti-woke. And, and then like two another. days later, like oh, I I withdraw that. I was wrong. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm it's too so late. Sorry. He's, he's Piers, Piers Corbyn will be up on a uh, will be up on a crucifix by um, by Good Friday. Speaking of which, did you see uh, some horrendous anti-Semitism in the Guardian again? They're really getting very anti-Semitic these days. Um, oh dear, what's happened? They uh, so. There was a uh, a leak, not a leak, sorry. Um, the Palestine Action Organization asked for a freedom of information. Uh, they, they did a request to the Israeli embassy over the issue of Israeli embassy officials attempting to influence UK court cases. And uh, the document suggests that they were doing that. And so the Guardian published an article on this um, and it said uh, exclusive Papers appear to show embassy officials pressing attorney general's office over Palestine action protesters. So basically the uh, uh, alleged, the the alleged allegations, let's keep it very, <laughs> maybe they're not even being allegations. But yeah. there I'm not even the, sure if that's an allegation. <laughs> yeah, it might not even, it may have been an allegation, there may have not been. The, 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 word was, strung, the, the, the words strung together in a, in a row, meaning nothing, said... Uh, said and this is what it said uh israeli embassy tried to pressure what's it called yes the attorney general into intervening in cases against uh activists who were being put on trial for activism because there's been a a, a sort of change in the law recently as i'm sure you've noticed about protests and Mm. it's now easier to prosecute very easy 
Very easy. A little bit too easy. Not easy enough for the Israeli embassy, allegedly. According oh, to right. Alleged allegations. Yeah. But so they uh, wanted them to be harder on these Palestinian activists. So the allegations allege. Mm. And so they, uh, uh, the Guardian have printed this. And of course, what are the Guardian saying here? They're saying that Israel are trying to influence the UK legal system. And that is, of course, anti-Semitism, isn't it, Matt? Uh, walk us through it. I, I will walk us through it if you can't, if you fail to understand. Well, I, 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 I haven't. I haven't read the article, so I think you. No, that's no excuse. It. Unbelievable! Look at this. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get out of it because he's secretly anti-Semitic. Incredible. So you don't think it's anti-Semitic? You think it's fine? Well, <laughs> I think it is legitimate to. Oh, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I'll tell you I haven't even I seen the fucking article. How can I comment on it? You're just full of excuses. <laughs> Left-wing comedian Matt Alford refuses to condemn the article. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've got 20 minutes of... Preposterous excuses oh, like, hang on a I second, haven't then. read it. It's like, well, read it then. You know, if you're going to... I'll just fucking read it. Yeah, all right, so we'll just spend the What's next 10 minutes called? in silence while Matt reads this. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm I'll tell you why it's anti okay? Go on, tell me um, why it's anti Because now, look, as Israel, as anyone from Israel will tell you, anybody from the Israeli government, and as, as we would say on this channel, it is fine to have legitimate criticism of Israel. No one is disputing that that is, you know, you can, dispute, you can criticize anywhere, right? The issue specifically with Israel is, uh, as Louise Elman has often stated, uh, among other um, Labour MPs, anti-Semitism can bleed into anti-Zionism uh, anti can bleed into anti-Semitism, yes. right? Yes. So, in order to criticise Israel, which is fine, you just have to avoid using anti-Semitic tropes. Okay? Right, yes. And anti-Semitic tropes, of course, as we all know, include corruption, greed, influence, power, money, basically politics and economics. So as yes. long as you avoid those issues, yes, you're, you're, it's fine to. So criticize you're allowed Israel. to. You're allowed to criticize Israel for being too lovely, too well. You, you can say you can talk you about it being well called anti well. Oh, good. That's my strength. <laughs> But, although uh, even on this, I'm on the fence. Israel's. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a lot of chattering about whether Israel is woke or anti-woke. We think that but it I, could I'm, be I'm either. Too, I want to hold judgment, <laughs> so I've read the article. I'm not sure. <laughs> but of course, this article by The Guardian is saying that Israel was influencing mm. malign Oh, influence. that sounds very anti-Semitic. That's anti-Semitic, so... That's uh, two thumbs down to the Guardian again. They, mm. this, they're, they're making a habit of this. They've already been criticising Israel's um, latest. Um, they've had some reforms where they, the government is now taking um, any powers away from the judiciary over the law system, so that all power is within the government and there's no uh, checks. They can just pass laws, um, and the Supreme Court and stuff can't stop them. That is, of course again to do with power and influence and, and even maybe corruption because it's to do with mm. possibly uh, Netanyahu trying to get out of criminal allegations or whatever against him right mm. but it's to do with all that stuff so that's a bad thing you can't criticize Israel for doing that 
but that's being heavily criticized by some Jewish journalists at the at the Guardian. The most prominent Jewish journalist at the Guardian, in fact, was doing that. But we also, of course, know about the wrong kind of Jew. We've all learned about that over the course of the Corbyn period. So that's a Jewish person who is anti-Semitic themselves because they criticize Israel in the wrong way, which is the way that we just described just now. So the Guardian here is, um, you know, I mean, obviously we all believe in what happened in the Labour Party and it was terrible and there's lots of anti-Semitism, but that's exactly what's happening in the Guardian right now. And um, I think we should call it out. Uh, I don't know, this journalist who wrote the article, I don't know if he's a Labour member, uh, probably, he probably isn't even a Labour member, but he should be so that we can expel him. <laughs> so you can expel him. Well, you can expel him because you're still a member of the Labour Party. I'm out of that nonsense. I'm not. I, I quit as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Um, oh, yeah. One more thing I forgot to mention. So the other thing that you can't mention about Israel, well, you can mention it. Uh, yeah, this is where it gets nuanced, right? So, do you know, blood libel. Basically, it's the killing of children. It's the killing of Christian children, but as it's a trope, the killing of any children by oh, Israel yeah. is, you know, could be c- construed as uh, the anti-Semitic trope of blood yeah, libel. So, w- yeah. um, so obviously, you know, Israel have killed 27 children in the last year in Gaza and the West Bank. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in the West Bank in June, um, just three months ago, there was a mass funeral for a two-year-old child that was shot by Israeli forces. Um, and obviously... He probably was a terrorist, I imagine. Or, you know, at the very least, uh, it was brown and all brown people are potential terrorists in the future. Mm. But the thing that you've got to think about is, was the two-year-old an imminent threat in the moment? Because to shoot someone dead, that's that's the law. Well, I don't know if it is in Israel. I don't know if Israel has any laws anymore. And that's a good thing. I'm happy with Israel and its lawlessness, if that's where mm-hmm. they want to be. But, you know, you just want to see this child on, on trial, you know? <laughs> Do you think that would have been great, better justice if we yeah, got yeah, him in, yeah. Got him like, in the dock? You know, like he probably was a terrorist, but we've got to have, we've got to see like due process for this kind of thing. Um, but I wouldn't make that sort of criticism against Israel because it's fine to point out that they kill children. That's fine. It's the criticizing of that, saying that that's a bad thing. Oh, yeah. That's anti Semitic. All that's happening in Israel is that the Israeli forces are shooting two year olds. And that's just, that's the natural state of things. But if you come in with your hate, with your Jew hate criticism of what's happening, yeah. you, you're bringing the hatred to the situation. Do you see that? You're bringing the, the I'm racism. finding it all quite confusing, to be honest with you. I'm trying to make it as clear as I can. It's here. not racist. It's not racist. That's what Jeremy What Corbyn do you mean it's said. not racist? Because Jeremy Corbyn said that he condemned all forms of racism. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if, if anti-Semitism is exactly... A, it's a, is it a form of racism or a form it's of a prejudice? Worse, it's a worse... Oh, I don't Cause know. Because not all, not all Jewish a, people are... It's not something I really understand. ...the same race. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're really getting, we're getting into bad territory here. I just, I'm just saying, Israel, keep going. You, <laughs> keep, keep going, guys. You're doing well. I think that's, we've, covered, we've covered everything. Or have we? Mm. So you know, I didn't really Nigel, feel like I didn't really feel I particularly covered anything because I didn't know fuck all about any of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, have we covered everything, or have we not covered anything? <laughs> or somewhere in between. So, uh, did you uh, see Nigel Farage's followed up by? He's got his uh, website going. 
or debanking. Oh my god, is that what he's doing now? He's moved on from hey, Brexit. Hey, you were, you were to... like, well, what? it's terrible that he's getting debanked, and now he's now he's doing. Oh, it is definitely. It's it's definitely yeah. But but why is it? But he seems to take an issue which is a very marginal issue that specifically relates to some snub that he's had, fucking God knows when, and then he blows it up into being a national issue. But what's the campaign? Bank accounts for bet, more access to bank accounts for the super wealthy? What the fuck? Well, kind of campaign is we'll it? see because he's a, he's asking everybody in the UK who's been affected by debanking to join him. To come mm. up to sign up to his uh, his website, and uh, what's his website called again? But it'll just be, a, uh, <laughs> be all the all the people who have migrated to this country, surely, who will have had difficulty getting bank accounts. All the homeless right, right. people. Well, right, that'd be great if they surely just do that. So but this is uh, what's he playing what, at? So Peter, Peter Oborn pointed this out in an article for Middle East Eye, saying that the the biggest target for debanking in this country are Muslims. Mm. Following the uh, war on terror, uh, there's, there was the, a number of Muslim uh, private accounts, individuals uh, linked to organizations and organizations mm. themselves had their uh, bank accounts taken away, including the Finjury mm. Park Mosque, mm. um, because they were falsely identified as terrorists. Uh, also, um, speaking about Palestine, Palestine solidarity uh, campaign. They had their bank account taken away. Mysteriously, we don't know why that happened. It certainly wasn't malign influence from uh, anywhere else. It certainly did. It probably wasn't that. It might have been Putin sh- shooting and down And if it was that, well, that was a good thing. It was a good thing that that happened. Uh, it might have been Putin, yeah. Putin fired a missile into their bank. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that all of that he'll just get inundated with Muslims who have lost their bank account in the last 20 yeah. years. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I don't know how how he'll feel about that, but I, I can't really understand how has he really thought that campaign through. Well, I mean, again, <laughs> I've not followed the story at all, so I don't know the answer. I'm. Sh- I but it does seem like a peculiar one because he's surely going to he... only attract disenfranchised people. I don't think he particularly cares about that. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna ditch it pretty quickly. He likes to start these things and then kind of just give up on them halfway through because he'll be you know he'll be busy fighting in the uh, Hobbin and Pancras <laughs> election in the election <laughs> yeah so that's it that's what everything that's going on right that's been the week oh right. no you saw some films teenage mutant ninja turtles I saw teenage mutant ninja turtles i've been trying to put it off for the whole podcast but okay let's get into it teenage mutant ninja turtles oh uh well you saw meg too as well right I saw Meg 2, um, about the Megal- Meg Megalodon. Well, what did you think of it? It's pretty awful. Yeah, it was fucking hard work, wasn't it? I think I left after an hour. Um, I just, oh, well, I well it, just... actually, the end was was much better. but Oh, really? Not, not worth staying for. I think you made the right decision. I mean, I it, was couldn't, basically, um... it was clearly made in, in a few minutes using probably some <laughs> using AI. AI editing program. <laughs> Ugh. I couldn't. I also couldn't really get it out of my head. I. I mean, I wasn't hugely affected by the Titan disaster um, earlier this year, but it was obviously not a nice thing. And the whole of the first hour, pretty much, is just: Are they about to be crushed to death by the fucking twenty-five thousand meters of sea? And so yeah, well, I, could, I couldn't get away from thinking about the real Jace, Jason Statham put up two fingers to those those billionaire idiots didn't he because he said he showed all you got to do is breathe like blood out of your nose 
And yeah. Then oh yeah. You, you, the you, then you can that? swim anywhere. You can swim up to the surface. If only yeah. those idiots shows you, you know. I did wonder whether the science was correct on all of this. Um, <laughs> it, it reminded me a little bit of. I mean, I'd be interested to know if if scientists have checked that film to see how accurate it is. Because if you remember, after how, how film, do you check that though? Look, just, just you go out, blow in. a bit of blood out of your nose, and go out there and check <laughs> if it works. <laughs> the, there was a film called The Core in two thousand and three. Um, which I rewatched a few months ago. Um, and <laughs> rewatched. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've seen it. I know it. I haven't seen it. They, they go. They go in. They use a submarine because the Earth has stopped spinning. Um, yeah. They go. They use a submarine to go through the magma of the Earth's core uh, into the Earth's core, so that they can set off a nuclear explosion in the middle of the Earth, so that the Earth will go spinning ra- round again. Now, and it was at that point where. A load of scientists came in from all the big institutions and just said, look, this has gone too fucking far now. You can't have films that are that fucking stupid. <laughs> really? Yeah. And they had the, the one of the heroes who's down in the submarine is like um, like smoking cigarettes because he's the tough guy. He's like smoking cigarettes in the submarine. God damn it. I'm going to get that goddamn fucking core. <laughs> but you, you don't see it. I think science has given up. Like they're not coming out against Meg too. They're just like whatever. Yeah, science has just been like we've had enough. We had, we had enough difficulty trying to we sell tried. the fucking vaccine. Yeah, we, don't exactly. want to, we don't want to be taking on a shitty Hollywood sequel. And they've got so, climate change. No one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they don't need to be doing it. They're like, yeah, we're out of the game. Yeah, and because you know, climate change looked like lost. it was going the right way. You know, for a moment, it looked like maybe we will find the answers. But then, this plastic straw campaign is really taking mm. off. I have to say. And yeah. a, a lot of enthusiasm about it, and I think we'll get we'll get plastic straws back in the next five years. Oh, I hope so. That would be yeah. that would be great. I know you've been. Well, where are they I know, all? I know it's been a big big deal for you. Yeah, well, I just want to apologise for I was a bit sick in the last podcast, and I think I said some things that I regret. Um, in fact, everything on that last podcast, I t- I disavow everything that right. i said on the last podcast okay except yeah. for the plastic straws i'm 100 percent behind that and i will never mm. change my mind ever mm. ever ever yeah. ever I, that's yeah. my pledge i'm making a pledge if, if <clears throat> pledge still has any meaning i will always be on the side of the plastic straws whatever mm. it doesn't matter what information comes out mm. a- anything i learn about plastic straws will not change my mind well you did have a bad experience at that mcdonald's didn't you with i did the, have a bad uh, experience yeah um, i did with the, with the straw that just disintegrates in your mouth well, that's the thing. Like summer, summer is always a big climate change. Like people start to think about climate change again because they start to drink milkshakes. Because I'm mm. like, where are they all? Because there mm. were loads of them, right? And then they just wholesale stop selling them basically mm. within a year. Mm. Well, do you think they waited until they got to the last one because they'd mm. already ordered them? No, of course not. They were like, we need to be woke, so we need to instantly change all of our straws. <laughs> right. Hey, yeah. You're, you're, get, you're getting the hang of it now. I, I tried to keep it cool as I certainly like put that in there. Like I know. I know what woke is. <laughs> but that doesn't that mean there are boxes of plastic straws out there, hidden away. Mm, we just like need to find them. Massive crate in a government warehouse next to the Ark of the Covenant. Oh yeah, that the other thing we were going to talk about was. Um, probably a little bit more interesting than what we have talked about was the that really good interview on Navarra Media the other week. Oh yeah, um, the one with Dan Evans and um, uh, Aaron. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Aaron, I believe. Aaron, sorry, Aaron. I added Aaron on to Aaron Bastani. Yeah, yeah, so I th- I think I was really interesting because I when we started doing this podcast, I was thinking about this. And this is what I'm, I'm thinking about making a video about Russell Brand, actually. Yeah. Do you do you watch much Russell Brand these days? Uh, Whatever. I really I really like Russell Brand. Um, I, d- I don't follow him religiously. I don't, I don't follow him re- religiously, um, but I do really like him. Yeah, that is the word to use with brand. <laughs> yeah, it's a religious thing. Um, no, I I used to I go through phases. I've got back into it. Um, I, now I've become an anti-vaxxer. I'm 100 percent behind brand again. But uh, he, um, so there's been a lot of uh, pushback against brand over the last f- maybe two years. Although mm. the trend the brand was going down was was longer than that. But a lot of people on the left uh, and sort of centrists, I suppose. There was an art, there was an article in the Guardian by Mombio. Yeah, I remember the Mombio Brand. article. He was basically saying that um, although Russell Brand and some other influences aren't right wing, what they're doing is they're taking right wing talking points and then running with them for the sake of clicks. Yes, um, and that's yeah. basically the critique from all all angles mm. is that it's grifting um, yeah what do you think but uh, i don't I'm know brand is a pretty successful youtuber that. i don't know if you particularly needs to do that he does want to be bigger mm. he is also someone that is just never satisfied and wants to be as big as he possibly can but i think what he's doing mm. is a lot more interesting than that i don't know about you but um yeah the idea that he's taking right well one of the things is that he's talking about conspiracy theories he's taking those seriously mm. um and that's an area which I think, it, it, like, it, well, that's why the, the, the problem is that you just dismiss the conspiracy theories and therefore you dismiss the person who's, who's doing them um, rather than actually engaging with the conspiracy theories and either trying to debunk them or finding out that maybe there's some truth to them. There's a lot of, you know, on the, on the left and censor, whatever, there's particularly when it comes to the vaccine stuff, there's just no truck with any of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and so because of that, and because Brand does look into that kind of thing, um, he's dismissed on that and then dismissed mm. widely on everything else as well. You just throw mm. everything mm. out mm. because uh, he looks at that, that one thing. So I think, uh, firstly, you shouldn't do that even if you disagree with them on that one issue. Secondly, if you do disagree with them on that issue, they, they, you should talk about it. But what, what's happened, and I think it's because a lot of evidence has come out about the vaccines in the last few years, is that the sort of pro-vax side of just let the argument go entirely and don't discuss it. Um, uh, Except, of course, well, no, I I don't want to put him in, put this guy in with with those people. Um, But Jonathan Cook has another article about vaccines. Well, about ivermectin, actually, and Joe Rogan and how Joe Rogan took ivermectin when he had COVID because his doctor prescribed it to him because he didn't want to take the vaccine. And his doctor mm. said it was an alternative that he could take. And he was widely mocked uh, by the mainstream media, by, the, by CNN amongst other uh, outlets and of course, online alternative medias for taking horse tranquilizer, which ivermectin mm. can be used for, but it's also uh, given to humans for all sorts of things. And CNN were forced to say that they were lying about that. Mm. But what's recently happened is, um, the US government have come out and said uh, that actually uh, they don't know whether ivermectin would be good or not for COVID 
because it's never been tested. And in mm. fact, they were lying in saying that it it was that it was definitely bad to take it because mm. there there was a mass campaign to stop people from taking it because it is mm. it's a uh, there's no um it's out of whatever subscription or whatever whatever the word is mm. like nobody owns it so you can just anyone can make oh, it for same. nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a really good article Jonathan Cook about that one particular issue, but how that pertains to a larger sort of partisan. Um, because there was loads of misinformation, anti-vax misinformation, of course there was, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't also some truth coming out of that and a lot of doctors that were dismissed mm. because they were all wrapped up in this kind of thing. And and, mm. and I think anti-vaxxers should take the blame for that as well by championing both uh, the vaccine doesn't work and the COVID's caused by 5G, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're going to... If, if you're going to be someone that's going to it's, it's good to look into all kind of kind of things but but there was clearly like a position where you just really were hungry to buy into any conspiracies but equally mm. there was a hunger to dismiss all but the official narrative and that's that polarization again right where mm. you you either just buy into it all wholesale any any crazy thing that anyone says about covid which is anti the mainstream or you dismiss any kind of uh, nefarious things that are going on at all, like it's impossible. Anyway, um, I think Russell Brand's been really good actually on this, on keeping this kind of balance. And as much as like when I look at his stuff, I look at the videos that he's putting out, they look uh, terrible. Like the, the thumbnails are, are really sensational and, mm. and they often don't include any content words. It's all like, you won't believe what he said about this to them it's, it's all that kind of thing it's like this new thing is happening over there don't they want you to not think about this and then it's right like, now it's all, right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's always like you won't believe it it's, i can't believe it this is incredible but there's no actual content of what he's ever talking mm. about but then when you actually watch the videos they are a lot better then i uh i always i'm always actually impressed despite how ridiculous the thumbnail is and everything about it because he he's is trying just to got a good producer yeah in a way uh he's good he's a good producer and you're, he's also doing the 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 very zoomer thing of where on the thumbnail you put a picture of whatever you're talking about and then you put a picture of you doing like soy face do you know soy face no it's, where, young it's where you go like this <laughs> it's like when it's it's to do with when a soy boy which is um, uh, not a very masculine man who is into computer uh, games gets a new like gets the new Zelda and they put oh, it on okay. Instagram and they go the new that's, Zelda um, that's anti woke yes it is anti woke um, but but being so, being a soy boy is woke surely I reckon playing Zelda mm, okay yeah. I've lost it. <laughs> but anyway, Russell Brand is being a soy boy in those videos. But that's very popular now. That's how you get the clicks. So we're going to have to get you to, to do some soy boy. I can't believe how bad this podcast is that I'm involved in. <laughs> you can use any of these images. But please don't, um, really. <laughs> but I've forgotten how I even started that. Oh, yeah. So Dan Evans was talking about how... And this is to do with your woke anti-woke, right? There is a split in in a kind of what could be sort of class solidarity between um, precarious workers, right? The laptop class, as uh, Elon Musk would call it. 
<clears throat> and Elon Musk plays into this as well. Talking about the, the laptop class, yeah, the, the woke inner city uh, progressives versus the anti-woke property owning, conservative voting, living in small towns kind of thing. Mm, and there needs to be yeah. solidarity between them. And yeah. one of the ways that there isn't is because of all the culture war stuff, which includes the conspiracy theory stuff, where you know, on the one hand, you've got the, cons the anti-Russia conspiracy, that's woke, right? That's like pro-Democrat. The Russians interfered in Brexit. The Russians interfered in uh, the election against Hillary Clinton. And then you've got the anti-woke stuff, which is the opposite of that, which is that uh, the other conspiracy is about vaccines, for example, mm. um, about Trump not being uh, elected, that the, uh, the deep state are against him. And there's obviously truth to all this kind of stuff, but but you're not allowed to give an inch to the other person's argument. And so it breaks mm. any solidarity between those two movements on much mm. bigger issues like economic reform mm. and workers' rights. Mm. Um, and it just means that the woke, precarious laptop class uh, are suckered into being with the, uh, the PMC, the sort of liberal, uh, who are the real, who are the same sort of generation as the, as the anti-vaxxers but they're they are class antagonists to them because they are they're the managerial class that, that run the organizations the, yeah, the professional yeah. managerial class the pm pmc's pmc's baby yeah. um and i thought that was really interesting and i think russell brand is doing quite a good job of uh balancing between the two although he's not interested enough i think in actual left-wing politics um like organized labor, organized left-wing politics, and also actual uh, left-wing political organizing, which I don't really know what's happening in the, in the US with that anymore, probably nothing, but there is stuff happening in the UK, but he doesn't really care about the UK, so maybe maybe that doesn't matter. Oh, did he turned out for the Julian Assange protest? That's true, um, he does too, yeah, yeah, that was a really good he's, point. I think he's been at the, um, I think he was at the anti-capitalist um uh, the Occupy movement uh, many years ago, and uh, I think he's continued to do that kind of thing. Maybe he's just not as involved in unions and stuff. Um, no, that's, that's really good point. He's a celebrity. He, um, I think it's for me. It's more. Um, it's not so much that. He, yeah, he does involve himself. It's more about what he talks about on his show. He gives a lot of time to right wing um, talking points and right wing mm. uh, talking heads, which mm. is good. But I think, and I think he should do that. Uh, but he gets a lot of criticism for that. But I think that's the right thing to do. But mm. but he all but uh, he he he's very damning of the Democrats. He's not so damning of the Republicans. Mm. Partly because he's I, I think he sees the radicalness in the potential in the Republican Party at the moment. Mm. Mm. But yeah. that's still that's still uh, and and in Trump. But he, like the thing with Trump is that. He's not the radical candidate that his supporters think he is. And you need to point out that Trump is actually, you know, in many ways, just as much of a failure as, as Obama was for his own supporters. Brand, Brand champions all of the sort of positive things that he can find in Trump. And he's very dismissive of any of the negative stuff, I think, mm. which is because yeah. um, he's trying to appeal. To, he's trying to appeal to Trump's base. And in that respect, mm. I can from what Dan Evans was saying, he's someone that's coming from the left who's trying to appeal to the the anti woke, the anti woke mm. uh, precariat, and 
that's definitely something that the that you're not allowed to do on the left. Yes. As soon as you start to venture into that territory, um, you get cancelled, and it's for for all sorts of reasons. And I think that's that's a really big problem. And I think just try, even just trying to discuss that from an outside frame, I think is really useful. And that's kind of mm. what Dan Evans was doing. I'm not sure how much Aaron Bastani really got that because mm. Navarro, of course, I think they do a lot of good work, including that interview. Definitely are victims of this. They really shy away from entertaining right. any kind of engagement with uh, plastic straws. Which is the only thing I care about, not the anti-vax stuff. I mean, if people want to talk about that, that's fine. I personally would never, I'm never going to bring it up again. But, <laughs> yeah. But you I'm might, sure. I'm sure you'll sure. bring it up and force me to discuss it. Once. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, your right wing talking point, you want to uh, uh, farm out to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's another one of my Nike. Um, well, I promise not to talk about it, but I, I don't know about the, uh, the people that I outsource it to. Uh, anyway. That's probably enough. Okay. Uh, all right, Matt. That was uh, I don't know. Was that it was it was an hour? It was a good hour of talking. What what else could you want? Uh, we co- we did cover things. <laughs> this we is did. like we my apology afterwards. Like, it didn't go as planned, <laughs> but we did do some good things while we were in power. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, all right. If you like the podcast, uh, go on Podlist. You can find it on Spotify uh, or, or Amazon or any of those places. Uh, even write a review if you want, but only write a review if you're going to give it five stars. Or don't bother. Why would you bother writing a negative review? Too much negativity in the world. Just to give it a positive review or nothing, please. And apart from that, uh, there's the Patreon. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why you would sign up to it, but please do. We need the money. We're trying to get uh, this Riverside package, which costs a bit of money. You're giving yourself a review, Daniel. You're giving yourself a three-star review. Yeah. <laughs> Live mean, on air. That's why I haven't given the podcast a review myself, because it, it's not up to what I think it should be. 